The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. And thank you for joining us for The Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And also special thanks to my right-hand person and helper and super fan, Joan. And I appreciate you being here, so let's give everybody some applause. And thank you. I apologize in advance if I'm a little scattered tonight, but we're going to have a double feature. And I was really scrambling to get you guys the trivia and information and everything for both episodes. So, um, tonight's show contains spoilers, as always, up to the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. So, typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recaps of the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute, watch the new episode together, and then rate the episode between 1 and 10, as well as give commentary during the commercial breaks. We will also give our listeners trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic-free, so please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. Um, There are occasional exceptions to that, but I will give you guys a bunch of warning if you want to skip it. So, welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. We are now at episode 7 of 8, before the first of two breaks happens. So, they're going to do like 8 and a break, and 8 and a break, and then another 8 and a break. And it's going to add up to, oh, hold on, my math is wrong. Okay, there's supposed to be 24 episodes, so I'm not quite sure how it's going to work. So six times four is 24, eight times 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 24. Okay, I'm second guessing myself. I was correct the first time. So there's going to be two breaks instead of a half and half. It'll be a third, third, third. Tonight is also the final season opener of World Beyond, which is going to start around 10 roughly. Or if, Joan, if you happen to know when Walking Dead Classic ends tonight, it'll be then. And then followed by The Talking Dead at approximately 11, probably also going to run over just a skosh. All right, so I have summaries of start dates for everything because I've been reading this to you guys about every week for a month now. So I'm just going to summarize some things. Uh, Walking Dead Classic Final Season 11 will have three segments of eight episodes each for a total of 24. Walking Dead Season excuse me, season 11 will run the first eight episodes up to October 10th next weekend, after which they will take a break. Fear the Walking Dead Season 7 will premiere on Sunday October 17th, and run the front eight episodes up to December 5th and then go on break. I do not have dates for when they pick up on the second parts. Uh, World Beyond Season 2 starts tonight and will run October 3rd to December 5th, 10 episodes, and conclude at the same time as Fear on December 5th. 
In 2022, there's a fourth series coming, a spinoff, uh, which is the Carol and Daryl show with no title yet. In late 2022 or 23, there will be a fifth show, the episodic anthology Tales of the Walking Dead. There's no date set yet, exactly. Dead in the Water, the Fear Mini Prologue, uh, back in 2021, March 2021, uh, rumors of this emerged. Uh, this digital exclusive tells the story of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of Season 6 of Fear. All right, I've read you guys all the rest of this stuff. If you forgot anything or you want reminders or something, just message the page and I'll send it to you. All right, so call in to speak with the host if you would like at 914-338-0314 at any point in time tonight, but especially between 8.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, join us in our live chat room where you will be able to listen to the show real-time as well as download the episode after the fact, and we usually post links on Facebook and my Twitter. Uh, so please feel free to share them and use them. If you're unable to join us in real-time tonight, you can still go back to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes. First, we will be giving info on The Walking Dead, and after I finish all of that, I'll be doing info on World Beyond. Alrighty, let me check the chat room, see if Joan has any comments. Oh, she did check the timing. So, World Beyond begins at 10.06. Talking Dead is at 11.14 tonight. Lord help us. Yes, I agree, Joan. Okay, so now you know. And if you don't know, now you know, Mr. President. Okay. Stealing from Hamilton. Okay. Uh, tonight's episode of Walking Dead Classic is entitled Promises Broken. The official AMC synopsis is Maggie and Elijah learn a new survival tactic from Negan, which I have seen in the uh, sneak previews. And it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Eugene's group clears walkers to pay their fines. That's also kind of interesting, not what I expected. Yumiko interviews for an upper-class job. I tried to post a picture of her for the chat room, but for some reason the photos are considered overly large, and I didn't have time to go back and edit them to be smaller so that they would fit. It only allows you so many meg of space for photos in the little carousel. So I'll show you later. Um, Daryl learns more about Leah and the Reapers. Gabriel encounters a man of God. All righty. And as I often do, I have extended synopses for you. I, I have a couple for this and for um, World Beyond. So that will be kind of cool. Okay, so let's go to the second one. Well, there's two. So I guess it would be the first of the extended synopses. Um, and that is on Fansided, which is part of UndeadWalking.com. Or, no, you know, I have that backwards. I apologize. It's been a little while since I've used this source. So UndeadWalking.com is the URL. Fansided is one of their pages. And this is by Renee Hansen, who is not somebody I'm accustomed to writing for them for Walking Dead. And that's fine. Um, so it says, The Walking Dead Season seven, season 11, Episode 7, Promises Broken, First Look Photos. But it does have some talking in between. So I want to read you guys that stuff. Um, and usually these guys are pretty good about not spoiling things. Uh, this week's episode of The Walking Dead is entitled Promises Broken. The synopsis, I've already read you, so I'm skipping that. 
In the first look photos, we see more of the Commonwealth and Elijah. Ezekiel seems happy about something. And we see Leah and Daryl. We also see photos of both Stephanies. Uh, one other thing that we see is a creepy photo of Maggie wearing a whisperer mask. This isn't a spoil as Cohen has shared the photo on Instagram. Yes, that, that is actually true. In the sneak previews and the promos, we know what the tactic is that Negan's teaching them. It's how to walk as a whisperer because he learned it from Alpha. Um, this isn't, uh, I already told you, it's not a spoiler. It has also been seen in the promo video for this episode. What possesses her to don someone else's face? Well, obviously, they're going to try to lead a herd. What else would you do with it? Also, it's in the video. Um, at the Commonwealth, we see Yumiko clean, pressed, and well-dressed. She looks the part of an attorney in these photos, but she doesn't look happy. Perhaps she's just learned that Eugene has broken the law and will need to pay for that crime. It's still unclear how they will pay for these crimes. No, it's not. You just told us. <laughs> so I'm not sure what's that. But the photo I couldn't load was Yumiko dressed up like she's a New York lawyer, kind of. Um, not necessarily the same attire, but fancy attire. What passes for it 10 years into the apocalypse? All right, Eugene and Stephanie get into trouble. Some walkers, I guess it's their clearing. And I'm not sure how she, I guess she got punished because she helped him except it was all a setup, so they gave her a punishment that wasn't too actually harsh on her because it was all a setup to see what he's up to. You know, None of this is spoilers, already been seen. Um, Elijah, without his mask in this episode, which we also saw in the promos, um, it looks like he's got a walker tied up for something. I'm not clear why, and that's why we'll see tonight. This also appears this will be the Cooking with Negan episode. And Squirrel is on the menu this week. Um, again, in promo photos, Leah and Daryl are hunting, per the synopsis. It isn't specified if they're hunting for food or hunting for Maggie. And it's hard to believe we only have two more episodes of Walking Dead Classic remaining for 2021. We'll have to wait until sometime in 2022 for parts two and three. And, yeah, we don't really know what's going on with that yet. So that's synopsis number one. Uh, it's 8.41, so we got a little time. Let's go on to synopsis number two. The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 7, spoiler-free review. Maggie makes a pact. Eugene makes a big mistake. Okay. Let me check in the chat room real quick. And, oh, Joan had a tiny bit to add. Yumiko was a lawyer in her previous life. Yes, and, and she did point that out and prove herself, so I'm not surprised if they're going to try to use that somehow. Yeah, you know, I, you New York thing was just a stereotype. You know, she's just definitely not looking like most people in the apocalypse, even some of the clerks that have been harassing her. You know, she looks better. The preview showed Walker tied up as a test to see if the Whisperer training was working. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, they let the Walker go and had Maggie walk with it. It was in the preview, yeah, not a spoiler. So definitely, you know, I warned you guys, I will say things that they have been released by AMC, even if... You missed it. So just be clear that we will do this, but we don't do stuff that, you know, some people have AMC Plus and they've seen the whole thing, and I'm not going to tell you those. All righty. Let's go to the synopsis number two. Um, blah, 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 blah. The focus shuttles between Meridian, the Commonwealth, Negan and Maggie's party, and an expedition that Leah and Daryl embark on. Um, no. This is nowhere near the horror masterpiece that the previous episode was. I did not tell you who this was from. I apologize. I got ahead of myself. It's from a, a site we've never used before called Sportskeeda. 
And I don't even know what that means. Sports, K-E-E-D-A. And the author is Riju Dasgupta. Uh, never heard of him. That's fine. Maybe a new source. We'll see. Nor is it an episode you're likely to go back to once our final season ends. It's clearly the calm before the storm, and they've actually even done that in season 10, I'm just saying. The Tempest is coming in the form of first of three finales this season, three blocks of eight. Uh, Walking Dead tweeted, pretty packed episode, did you watch? Tell us what you think, blah, blah, blah. And there's Mercer walking around, and every time I see him, I think of Hamilton and General Mercer having to die to get a street named after him. (laughs) All right. Um, what pact is made in The Walking Dead that between the two followable characters? It's no secret that Maggie and Negan have an animosity that stems from the end of Season 6 and the beginning of Season 7. While the circumstances have made them unlikely bedfellows on the battlefield, there's no love lost between the two. Negan and Maggie shake hands at the beginning of the episode to form a truce of some sort. One has to wonder, however, how long... Such an alliance will last. Nigi also teaches Maggie a skill that he learned last season from the Whispers. Yeah, we already know what that is. Not a spoiler. Okay, some more photos. Here's some more summary. Elsewhere, Eugene throws a punch at an important member of the Commonwealth community and lands himself in deep trouble. Joan, do you remember? Did he execute that last week, or is that unique to now? Because I don't remember him doing that, so I'm assuming that happened afterwards. Yumiko... Asked for an audience with Pamela Milton, who heads the Commonwealth. Meanwhile, Ezekiel's cancer has become much worse to the point where he can barely stand. I'm sorry to see that, although he was super happy. So I'm kind of wondering if they have the medical facilities to help him out with that. I don't really know. All right. Last part. Is Leah so far gone that there's no hope for redemption? Where will Gabriel's struggle with faith take him? All the pressures building to boiling point. In The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 7, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let me go down to my notes and see what is next. Okay, synopsis is done. We are now to writers and directors. Let's check in the chat room. And Joan did make a little commentary. Uh, Just for the record, I don't have AMC+, so couldn't spoil whole episodes even if I wanted to. Yeah, I do have it, but I will not watch this on there. And, you know, that's been a longstanding tradition with this show. Because I do feel like I don't want to expend the energy to remember not to say anything. You know, I'm probably capable of it, but I find it exhausting. And right now I'm too scattered and busy to keep track. So I just don't spoil it for myself if I can at all help it. All right. So, writers and directors profiles. Tonight's episode was written by Julia Ruckman and directed by Sharat Raju. All right, profile for Julia Ruckman, The Big Bounce, freshyarn.com. There is little to no info, personal info, on her, although a few sites claim she's married, but not to whom. She has no social media accounts visible. She does have freshyarn.com, but it's a very old site, but it used to be like a little personal thing she was doing earlier. Uh, After graduating from Williams College, Julia Ruckman moved to New York to write television. Her first pilot went into development hell at a marginally well-known network. She followed that real-life television industry experience with a few freelance writing jobs and then moved to Los Angeles against her better judgment. And by the way, this bio is from Fresh Yarn and is several years old, so I apologize if some of the verb tenses are weird as I'm in an ongoing project to kind of try to clean that up. Um, all right, so... 
she still lives in L.A., where she battles road rage, meditates, and writes many, many television scripts, which is sure to win her Emmys one day. Julia is currently writing a pilot for a producer trying to live up to the writing fellowship she was just awarded. This is a couple years old. And can be seen performing her stories at various reading series around town. She thanks you for reading this, fresh yarn for publishing it, and apologizes for writing about herself in the third person. And we forgive you, Julia. <laughs> Not that she listens to me. I'm sure she doesn't. Um, Julia has five writer's credits prior to The Walking Dead, The Assistance in 2009, the Troop in 2009, Covert Affairs in 2013, American Odyssey in 2015, and The Sun in 2019. She has three director's credits prior to The Walking Dead. They are Covert Affairs, American Odyssey, and The Sun. Aside from Walking Dead, Ruckman has three other producer's credits, Covert Affairs, American Odyssey, and The Sun. She has been a co-executive producer for 28 episodes, prior episodes of Walking Dead Classic. And actually, I'm going to put notes in there because I did not state which show that was. I always like to do the other stuff and come to the Walking Dead work last. I always think that's you know kind of what you guys are waiting for. So she's a co-executive producer for 28 prior episodes since season 10, episode 1 opener, Lines We Cross, not including tonight. Um, so tonight we'll make 29, obviously. Um, tonight is her fifth episode written for the franchise. First being season 10, episode 8, The World Before. Second is season 10, episode 11, Morning Star. Third being season 10, uh, I forgot what episode that was. Uh, it's The Tower. i got to go look up what episode number that is. I don't know if you feel like doing that, Joan, but if you don't, I'll look it up later. And the fourth being season 10, episode 20, Splinter. So tonight is her fifth. All right. Director's credits, Sharat Raju is an Indian-American director and writer known for creating documentaries and films pertaining to the lives of immigrants in American society. His first film, American Made, M-A-D-E, won 17 film festival awards and aired nationally on PBS's Independent Lens. Raju is known for his work on Scandal, American Made, and Designated Survivor. He grew up in Darien, Illinois, near Chicago, and attended Hinsdale South High School. Former sports editor of the student paper at the University of Michigan and worked as a, I don't know what that is. I'm going to have to check his bio. It's, there's a word in here that looks like another word got pasted funny. So I'm not really sure what happened. Um, he worked as something in Los Angeles, and I apologize. I'll have to check that and clean it up. Raju's brother, Manu Raju, who I actually follow on Twitter, on a Washington political reporter, that's why. <laughs> He's a veteran Washington, D.C. political reporter and is currently senior congressional correspondent for CNN. Um, Sharat Raju co-founded the Yale Visual Law Project and co-produced three documentary short films as a visiting fellow at Yale's Law School Information Society Project. American Made was Raju's master thesis while studying at the American Film Institute. In September 2004, Raju was named by Esquire magazine as one of the 20 young film directors to watch. Prior to graduate school, he worked for acclaimed casting director Molly Finn, M-A-L-I, Finn, on feature films such as 8 Mile, Matrix Revolutions, and Matrix Reloaded. Raju has collaborated on many of his works with his wife, Valerie Carr, and I think that's part of what um, 
happened earlier. I think her name got in there and messed up. Divided We Fall in 2008 was Raju's first film created in partnership with his wife. The couple has made other documentary films that include Stigma in 2011, which highlights the impact of New York City police's stop-and-frisk policy, Alienation in 2011 about immigration raids, The Worst of the Worst, Portrait of a Supermax, um, 2012, which is a documentary on the use of solitary confinement in prison, and Oak Creek in Memoriam, 2012, a short film about the 2012 mass shootings at a sick Gudwara in Wisconsin. He has also directed episodes of famous TV shows like Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, NCIS New Orleans, Criminal Minds, and Mistresses. In 2020, he managed to squeeze in directing new episodes of 911 Lone Star and Criminal Minds, as well as a short currently in post-production called Born Positive. I'll have to update that as well. All right. Walking Dead news from him. Let me check the chat room real quick. Okay, Joan hasn't said anything else. That's fine. 8.52, so I want to try to get to a breaking point here. So directing tonight's episode will be his fifth time working in the Walking Dead franchise. And he is one of the only cast or crew, uh, or I, I don't know if you would call the writer and director crew exactly, but you know what I mean, not an actor, to work in all three sub-franchises. So the first thing he did was Fear, Season 4, Episode 13, Blackjack. Second is Fear, Season 5, Episode 6, The Little Prince, with the book. That that was cute. Third was Fear, Season 6, Episode 6, Barrier Next to Jasper's Leg. Fourth is Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode 13, What We Become. And the fifth is Walking Dead, World Beyond, Season 1, Episode 3, The Tiger and the Lamb. Six will be tonight's episode, Promises Broken, Season 11, Episode 7. And he is also further slated for his sixth project to direct the first mid-season finale next Sunday, Episode 8, Four Blood, for Walking Dead Classic. And he was on The Talking Dead once after Fear, Season 4, Episode 13, Blackjack, his first thing he did. All right. Um, Joan had, had an internet barf and had to reload, but now she's good. And I'm going to give writers and directors some applause and thank you for their work on the show. Y'all are always appreciated. Um, it's 8.53, so we may have time to get trivia about tonight's episode in before we go dark. Um, tonight's episode is the 160th episode of Walking Dead ever. In this episode, Margot Bingham, Stephanie Vega, is billed before Josh Hamilton, Lance Hornsby, under Alpha Starring. This episode marks Jeffrey D. Morgan's 50th appearance on the series. Although strangely, you know what? I apologize. That should have been removed. That was from last week. We will read the trivia for last week, probably at the first break. So that is actually stuff from on the inside. Um, So apologies for that. Like I said, I've been very scattered because I had two episodes to do. Um, All right, co-stars for tonight. Eric LeBlanc as Powell, a Reaper. He's slated to appear in Episode 8 as well. And the next few people, this is also true of. So I'm just going to read the names out. All of these next few actors are Reapers who are appearing. They appeared in Episode 6 tonight also and in Episode 8, the first midseason finale as well. Ethan McDowell as Washington. Robert Hayes as Paul Wells. Lex Laletta as Austin and Dane Davenport as Anchetta. Other co-stars are Courtney Deitz, D-I-E-T-Z, could be Deitz, but I doubt it, 
as Kayla, who's in the Commonwealth. She's the girlfriend of Sebastian Milton. And I have seen some released promo materials that imply that Sebastian is Pamela's son and quite a bit of a Game of Thrones little brat. I don't know if he's on tonight or not. I guess he might be since she is um, the girlfriend. Jason Turner is Marcus Colvin, undescribed Commonwealth person. Uh, Liz McGeever is young mother, undescribed husband and son are included in this appearance. And Briscoe de Poilo, as nine-year-old boy, unclaimed parents, may not be the characters I just named, you know, Liz McGeever's character and so on. And uncredited seven as dog and Brad Ellis as a Commonwealth resident. It's 8.55, and I'm going to double-check on the chat room and see. Now, Joan hasn't said anything, and we have a couple minutes, so I'll keep going as best as I can until I pause. So trivia from last week on the inside. That episode was the 159th episode of Walking Dead ever. And this is the one where Margot Bingham is billed before Josh Hamilton and uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan had a 50th appearance on the show. First and last appearance of the Ferals, um, that group of people that was in the haunted house thing. Last appearance of Frost, who's with the Reapers, and Daryl was interrogating him and took his finger. And yeah. uh, The title of the episode, On the Inside, refers to Daryl's true allegiances, i.e. who he really is on the inside. Um, by the way, and I love this part, they haven't done these things in a little while. Um, earlier in the series, there were an awful lot of scenes where you had random things going on that were some kind of homage or uh, a pan to one of the classics of the genre. Uh, and by this, I mean you know, zombie films and movies and TV and all that. Connie and Virgil... Running Through the Field is a homage to Night of the Living Dead, which I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you guys extra applause for doing that because I'm glad to see that now. Especially since this is going to be their final season of Walking Dead Classic. I would like to see as many pans as possible. Um, interesting tidbit. In an early draft of this episode, Virgil would have been secretly bitten and eventually reveal it to Connie using as little time left as his motivation to get her out of the house. Um, I actually am glad they killed that because I feel like Virgil would be a better device to get Judith to tell people what happened to her mom. I think it's important to get that in play. Um, it seems like somebody probably also feels that way, and that's why they got rid of it. All right, uh, three minutes left, so let me try to finish up here. Connie's notebook reveals that she was forced to walk with the herd for days after the collapse of part of Alpha's cave with no light or food and very little water. Connie uses the walker guts trick once again, you know, putting the viscera all over yourself, uh, to hide herself and Virgil before letting a herd in to deal with the ferals. While Virgil doesn't use it, Connie covering him with her own body in a corner is enough for the walkers to ignore him. Co-stars from last week, Eric LeBlanc as Powell and Ethan McDowell as Washington, the Reapers. Um, uncredited unknown actor is Feral 1 unknown actor is Feral 2 first one is female second is male and Brandon Heath Jones is Feral Survivor I'm not sure if that's maybe the one that ran off or something unclear deaths last week Frost alive off screen uh, played by Glenn Stanton several unnamed Feral's victims confirm fate eight unnamed Feral survivors and one horse and no errors are listed all right, so I'm going to pause there because we have birthdays coming up and I want to spend some time. So um, 
that's it for now. Thank you guys for joining us, and I will see you guys at break number one. Stay tuned. Okay, you guys, it's 9.04, and we are at our first commercial break. I'll give you the comments from the chat room in just a moment. I'm going to start with a 525. Oh, wow. <laughs> that hasn't happened in a while. Joan is way above me. She's starting with a 6.5. That's fine. Um, I'm, okay. The only thing that she's added since then uh, was Negan's got a point. He's always been a man of his word. It wasn't always a good word, but he wasn't shady about it. And by good word, I'm assuming Joan means it. He would promise you things, and sometimes they would suck, but he did keep his word. So I think that's fair. Um, I really don't know what I would do if I was Maggie, because that's a little rough promising something like that. I know how she feels about Glenn. I kind of can relate. <laughs> um, Black, Maggie's blurring the lines even more, Joan said, and she's starting to think like Negan and Alpha both. You know, this is what Daryl was trying to tell Beth several seasons ago when he said at this point the only people who are alive are the assholes and the people being protected by the assholes and that's it and you got to figure out which one you are i'll tell you another one who was very close to that line was rick comfortably sitting on that line for a long time i don't think he counts as much um okay so let me go back to my notes and see what else we can get in here. Cast birthdays this week. We only have one. Um, Tyler James Williams, who played Noah from season five, Grady, up to the Richmond episodes. Uh, his birthday will be October 9th, and he's from Westchester County, New York. And definite applause to him. I really loved his character. I was so sad to see him go. He was pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, so happy birthday, Tyler, when you get there. Um Last week's episode, episode six on the inside, there was no music identified. Um, I also realized that they had been tracking music for uh, World Beyond, and I kind of had missed it. I had assumed they weren't doing it because I couldn't find it, and I'm not sure where it all went off the rails. But anyhow, I'm going to start doing that later tonight. Uh, but there wasn't any music for uh, last week's Walking Dead Classic. Unaccounted for characters you've heard of, Heath, Rick, and Jadis, and Georgie, and Winnie, blah, blah, blah. Talking Dead tonight, we already saw uh, at the opening. Um, ooh, we may be going back, so I'm going to stop. Yes, we're going back. I'll see you guys at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 9.17. There was quite a bit of a lingering to break number two. So Joan is staying at her 6.5. I'm going up to 5.5. Five. Um, I, I do kind of feel like this is a placeholder episode. It's not necessarily as compelling as, for example, last week. Um, let me go back and grab some of the comments. Uh, so Joan had added that I hadn't mentioned yet. That's one of the things I love about this show, the blurring of the lines with the characters that are still breathing. And I had said, that's why they're still breathing. You know, we're talking about Maggie getting real blurry after being such an ethical hard ass. And not that I blame her. Cause I can be like that, to be honest with you. Um, and Jonah added that look on princess's face. She ain't buying Ezekiel's BS for a second. And 
Hey, Zeke, she's been alone for years, and look what she accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, there's Snooty Boy with his girlfriend walking by him, looking down his nose in his crisp linen suit. And she says, God, I love Yumiko. The place won't know what hit them. Yeah. <laughs> I really kind of like her sort of lawyer. Um, and I said, I don't really get smokers in this universe because the tobacco, even in hand-rolled cigarettes, unless you're farming tobacco, which they are in an area, at least I see, if not OOC, they're in an area where they could farm tobacco because that's all over Virginia. But I don't see them doing it. So I'm trying to figure out how old those cigarettes are that they're smoking. I have never smoked, but my understanding is that would be a horrible experience. I kind of figure a lot of smokers quit during this, uh, you know, this milieu, this world. Uh, Jones says that there's more to this Leah and Pope thing than just matching tattoos. None of the others stand up to him like she does. Yes, I have also noticed this, and I, I'm unclear what I think about it, but I do agree with you that it is of note. And there's something to this that maybe we will learn next week as part of the mid-season finale or the first mid-season finale. All right, we have a Highlander commercial, so let me see what I got in notes to share with you guys. Okay, so we've done featured music, unaccounted for characters. Talking Dead, I did not mention, um, although I did mention that we already showed it at the beginning. Uh, Josh Hamilton, who plays Lance Hornsby. The World Beyond, Alexa Mansour, who is Hope. And comedian Ron Funches. I'm not familiar with his work, but... I don't know, Joan, if you know anything about him. Uh, he's a third guest. Um, we have discussion links when we finish other stuff, and I'm going to go ahead and pull that up, but I'm not going to read it yet, just in the event that we need to hurry up and cover stuff so we can get to World Beyond, because we won't have a half hour to chit-chat the way we do with regular stuff. So I'm going to pull that up and hold on to it and see if I can finish the rest. Um, the last episode I have a listing for for season 11 is episode 161 and of season 11, it's episode 8. Title is Four Blood. The writer is Eric Mountain, director is Sharat Raju again, and that airs next Sunday the 10th. And then I do have World Beyond information, and I'm going to wait on that for a minute. Um, well, we are still in commercials. I will set up the story and maybe begin it, but I know I'll have to pause. This story is from UndeadWalking.com, fan-sided, Renee Hansen, and it's The Walking Dead, Judith Needs to Hear Virgil's Story, and I agree. Um, check in to see if the Xfinity commercial is almost over because I don't want to run into it. Um yeah, we are back. That's what I figured was going to happen. I'll see you guys at break number three, and we can talk about this. Okay, guys, it's 921, and we are at 929. We're at break number three, and I'm jumping up to 625 here. Jonah's at 675. Um I don't think it's that I dislike this episode more than Joan. I just sort of am not jumping out of my seat with a lot of stuff. They're trying to cram a lot of plot in here and just giving me a little nibble of a whole bunch of things instead of sticking to two or three big things. Um, 
I'm going back to our notes from before. Okay, so I was mentioning that Leah earlier was fishing for info that Daryl isn't alone, and Daryl's, according to Joan, is fishing right back instead of giving her anything, yes, as he often does. He's gotten very good at that. Um, and also Joan says, I don't know about Daryl, but I think Leah's going to die too. You know, I kind of feel like she must eventually because it's a Daryl and Carol show, so she went somewhere. Um, and I also think that definitely means that Daryl's not going to die in this. But I, I do think it's going to be a major plot device because it's the last season. They're pulling the stops out. Um, I was very impressed with the photographers when Gabriel was looking through his little opera glasses or binoculars or whatever because he is not biocular. He has one eye messed up. So they did a very good job with the photographers giving a one-eye view of Gabriel. And also, noting the crazy priest, um, Joan, am I imagining it, or is that crazy priest one of the Reapers? I'm not sure what the deal is exactly. I feel like I should know who that was instead of just a rando somewhere. Um, Joan says, yeah, the things that separate this show from others, like fear. Yeah. <laughs> Darren won't die. We already know that. And you almost got to be crazy to still be a priest in this world. Well, look what's happened to Gabriel. He used to be so rigid. Um now, Yumiko's brother, Tommy, is being suspect now. And Joan says, I know we don't cross streams, so free, feel free not to read this out loud. Okay. Um, I think it's okay to say this at this point. It certainly won't be the first time it's happened. Um, Joan was just remarking that they're skewing very close to the comic source for this scene or, in, or like the entity the commonwealth they've already drastically edited the commonwealth from what's in the comics i'm not going to get into detail about what that is but there's some drastic changes so i'm not too worried if piece of it, pieces of it do match because i already know that large chunks of it won't oh yes the crazy priest is supposed to be one of the reapers yes so he wasn't going to just introduce himself and say hi priest i'm priest how are you priest <laughs> None of that going on. Okay, let me go back to my notes and see what we got. We do have World Beyond coming, but let me sneak in this one article if I can get part of it. Um, yeah, okay, that's commercial. The article, Walking Dead Judith Needs to Hear Virgil's Story. In The Walking Dead's most recent episode on the inside, we saw a very different side to Virgil, Kevin Carroll, than when we first met him. This was a man on a mission to save the life of someone he didn't know because he was shown some grace and kindness from someone he didn't know. Michonne extended that kindness to him, and Judith needs to know this fact. First time we ever met Virgil, um, we're probably going back in a minute, so I'm going to try to shorten this. He saved Luke in the library, showing goodness in him. Next time he was trying to defend himself from, from Michonne, Judith, and others, but he was belligerent and hostile. Then he took Michonne to Bloodsworth Island, and things drastically changed. She discovers his family is dead. He freaks out on and drugs her, which was a traumatic experience. But Michonne, being who she is and knowing what Rick would do, extended grace to him and showed him kindness others never would. Um, in Out of the Ashes, we saw sweet little Judith express emotions we hadn't seen from her before. She usually puts on a brave face and swallows her feelings to protect her brother RJ and others. Billy Vincent makes comments about her mother abandoning her, and then someone takes apart the boards with her and Carl's handprints. It's all too much for her tender years to take. All right, we have a commercial from World Beyond, which is coming on next. But we have a little time. And we are back, so I'll talk more at break number four.
Okay, it's 9.38. Last I was at 6.25. I'm going to 6.5. We'll see what Joan's got to say. I think that Leah is stalling, and she's not going to just kill them. And Pope is really getting off his nuts. Um, Joan is staying at 6.75, and she's starting to want Leah dead, too. I'm not entirely sure that Leah is all... I, I. I kind of feel like the thing with Leah and Pope is past news, and he's off his nut now, and she doesn't really know what to do. Um, yeah, okay, I've caught up with all the things in the chat now. All right, let me go back to my notes and the – oh, the article. Yeah, let me try to get that finished. Um, do, do, do. Rosita does a fantastic job of relating to her about how her mother taught her to survive on her own if she needed to, and that Carl and her father did the same for Judith. Rosita shares about the day that Carl helped Judith make the handprints, she would have something to remember him by. She tells Judith pieces of wood are nice, but just because it's broken, this will never take away her love for those who are gone. And yes, that made me baw. <laughs> Judith knows her mother's out searching for her father, while every, who everybody else thinks is dead. She's lonely for her mother and longs for her to return to meet Virgil again and see the transformation in him and to hear from his lips the story of how Michonne forgave him and allowed him to pass on her kindness is a story Judith needs to hear. She also needs to know that Michonne is out there doing good deeds for others while she searches for the brave man. Virgil tries to tell Connie of Michonne and what she did for him. Quote, I lost myself for a long time, off the map, and I made choices I can't unchoose, but she gave me another chance, Michonne. She pointed me back to the road, and somehow that road led right to you. So I have to pass on that chance, or it all means nothing. And if you can find your family, I need you to promise me that you will keep going no matter what happens. And that is the end of that story. Um, well, it looks like we have a trailer for something, so I imagine that we're not, you know, it'll go back very shortly. I am going to actually begin talking about World Beyond now. It's coming on in about 25 minutes, but I want to make sure that we get a chance to discuss some things before it gets going because we haven't really had much time to do that. So starting at 10.04 or whenever Joan said it was so I, don't, I could scroll back and look, but I don't feel like it. Um, tonight's World Beyond episode is entitled Consecans, K-O-N-S-E-K-A-N-S. There's a chance I'm mispronouncing it. I, when it comes on, we'll probably find out. Um, it does have a meaning, and that's in the trivia. Official AMC synopsis is, Hope's commitment to the future is put to the test, jeopardizing a potential reunion. Iris and Felix meet a new group. Startling revelations are made. And something's going on next Wednesday. New mysteries. New technology. This looks like a TV show, and I don't. New science. Oh, it's CSI Vegas, and Gil Grissom is on, and it looks like um, Georgia Fox, too. Interesting. Okay. We still have Burger King commercials, so let me try to keep going. Oh, the next thing I have is a additional synopsis for World Beyond, so I'm going to pull that up. I don't know if I will have time to read it yet, but at least we will start being that far when it comes up. So I'm going to just pull that up for right now. And we're in an M&M's commercial. And now an airport commercial. 
So I'll give you at least a preview. This is from comicbook.com. Cameron Bolamana, one of our most used and relied on authors uh, of this genre. Walking Dead World Beyond reveals first final season synopsis. And we're still in the commercial, so let's see. Walking Dead World Beyond concludes the epic story, quote-unquote, of the endlings. I've never liked that word, but whatever. Nobody asked me. (laughs) When The Walking Dead spinoff returns to AMC in October with its second and final season. A newly revealed synopsis for Consequence. The first, I always feel like maybe somebody's mispronouncing Consequence, but it does tell us in a bit what it means. Um, Teases startling revelations to start the season, picking up where November's In This Life left off. Season 2, Episode 2, Foothold, next week, introduces new characters and new locations in the expanding Walking Dead universe, where the authoritarian Civic Republic military has emerged as an existential threat to all survivors of the zombie apocalypse. So we are back. I'll shut up, and I'll see you guys at break number 5, I think. Okay, guys. Joan is going up to 7. I'm going up to 6.75, I think. I was at 6.5 last time, so that's a little bit up. I'm just, I'm kind of annoyed at the whole spoiled brat plot. I I do not like the concept that they have fought hard enough to get something like the Commonwealth, and yet um, Mrs. Milton's son is such a prick, like, I don't understand how pricks last that long. It's just not reasonable, and I don't like that they're putting it in this far in the game. He should be dead long ago with that stupid mouth of his. So anyway, let me see. 10.06 is when World Beyond starts. Um, The Crazy Priest is one of the Reapers. I'm upset that Gabriel lied to Maggie. And now we know why Eugene hit somebody, and that little fucker had it coming. I'm sorry. And uh, Jonah said, I would have hit him too. And Lord help that bride of princess get a hold of him. Yeah, no kidding. She's going to give him a Pittsburgh double stomp or something. All right, Jones is seven. I'm at 675. Let's take a look at the article and see what else we can get out of it before we go back. Um, In the season two premiere, Hope's commitment to the future, blah, blah, blah. Um, I haven't, well, I guess I did, yeah, I did read you the synopsis already. Showrunner Matt Negri, co-creator of the spinoff with Walking Dead Universe Chief Content Officer Scott Gemple, scripts the episode directed by Lauren Iaconelli, um, who did the season one episode, The Sky's a Graveyard. Now, we'll be talking about those shortly anyway. Um, the official synopsis for Foothold, which is next week's, uh, show is uh, I don't know why they brought it up here but it's all published so it's not like it's really a spoiler um, so apparently she Iaconelli is directing next weekend's episode as well I guess that's why they put this here we are still at a commercial I'm not going to read it to you I'll read it to you next time Iaconelli directs the episode penned by World Beyond co-executive producer Carson Moore from The Closer and Major Crimes. Season 2 stars series regulars Aaliyah Royale, Iris, Alexa Mansoor, Hope, who's on the couch tonight, Nicholas Cantu, who's Elton, Hal Cumston, who's Silas, as the Endling. Joining them are returning Season 1 regulars Nico Tortorella, who's Felix, 
Annette Mahendru, who's Huck, and Julia Ormond, who's CRM leader, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Elizabeth Kublak. Jelani Aladdin, who's Will, Natalie Gold, who's Dr. Lila Belshaw, Joe Holtz, who's Dr. Leo Bennett, and Ted Sutherland, who's Percy, and they're promoted to series regulars for season two. Um, see if we are back. Oh, no, that's still a commercial. Okay, let's keep going. Newcomers this season include Matt, Max Osinski, Marvel Television's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., in a recurring role as Dennis, Gisette Valentin as, from Cobra Kai as Corporal Diane Pierce of the CRM, and Anna Kaja from Quantico and the Good Place as Indira. Oh, oh, I, I've just been watching The Good Place. I haven't gotten that far, but I think I know who this is. Um, Indira, leader of a new community to be revealed at the start of the season. Uh, season two of The Walking Dead World Beyond concludes the epic story of Iris, Hope, and Elton and Silas, four friends who journeyed across the country on a mission that transformed everything they knew about themselves and the world. As they face off against a mysterious Civic Republic military and fight for control of their own destiny, goals will shift, bonds will form and crumble, and innocence will be both lost and found. We are back. Oh, no, we are getting the trailer for World Beyond tonight, but that is the end of this article, and it's probably a good place to pause, because I think we're going back in a second. Ew! We're going to find out what happened to Jadis. All right. See you guys at break number seven. Okay, guys, it's 1013, and we went straight into World Beyond, and I didn't even get a chance to announce it, so that's why we had a bit of a break. Um, Joan ended Walking Dead original on 725. I'm actually going to end it on a 7 for The Walking Dead, for the sister thing and so on. Um, Joan says, not much of a beginning. She's starting this one with 5 right in the middle. I'm telling you, I'm giving it a 475. I really am not feeling it that much. I know you're not either. It's not really that it was awful, but it was just kind of pointless. It's very onanistic. Go Google it. (laughs) All right, so I'm giving them that. Let me see. I finished that article, and we are going on to the rest of World Beyond stuff, so let me try to get some of that out of the way while I can. Uh, Tonight's uh, writers and directors are Matt Negrete is the author of the script, and director is Lauren Iaconelli. Matt, oh, I made a note for myself, and I didn't even look at it. I apologize to Matt. I have been egregiously mispronouncing his name for some time now and only recently found out how it's supposed to be pronounced. So Matt's last name is Negretti, not Negrete, and I apologize. It's spelled N-E-G-R-E-T-E, and other people were saying it that way, so I didn't know any better, and I apologize. So, Matthew Matt Negretti is an American screenwriter and producer known for his work on shows such as Unfabulous, The Walking Dead, and White Collar. For Disney, he served as a writer, storyboard artist, and executive producer for the Disney Channel animated series American Dragon Jake Long. He also served as a writer for Kim Possible. Matt has 96 various Walking Dead franchise producer credits. Uh, co-executive producer for 48 episodes, 2016 to 19, 
supervising producer for 16 from 2015 to 16, producer for 16 episodes 2014 to 15, and co-producer for 16 episodes 2013 to 14. I am, we have a trailer for Walking Dead and World Beyond stuff, so I guess we're going to go back in a minute. And Fear is coming soon. That'll be in two weeks. They're just kind of giving us previews of all that. So I'm not I'm not going too much further because I think we're going to get stuck. Matt has 23 Walking Dead writers credits, starting with Indifference, season four, episode four in 2013. His latest prior work was season nine, episode 16, The Storm. And now we are back. I'll see you guys at break number two for World Beyond. Okay, guys, it's 1023. I'm actually willing to bend a teeny tiny bit, and I went up to a five. The main reason being that I actually kind of, for the first time in a while, I sort of like the chest that the CRM lady is doing with this. It's a different side from her, and I like that because I'm sick of the cardboard characters. Um, Joan has mentioned columns, new term for herds, yes. I guess we're going to have to find the list and get that on there. And by we, I I probably mean you, Joan, because you've been doing such a good job of uh, keeping that updated, which I greatly appreciate. And one of these days we should pull out the list and do a show just about that. It's just, as this bitch be lying through her teeth again. Can I just say, I really hope this woman doesn't make it to the end of the season alive. Yeah, we'll see. And she says, what does Hope truly want? Right now I think I can guess what she wants. And Joseph's not sure how to go with this, so I'm going to stay with five. And she says, don't worry, I'm on the list. Yes, I know you've done an excellent job, and this is very much appreciated. It is an unwieldy and enormous undertaking to get all these things sorted out. Um, Let me see. I don't think we're back yet. So let me go ahead and try to get a little further um, info. Okay, Matt Negretti... Um, I don't think I got this part yet, so let's do this. Uh, he has creators and writers credits as well as executive producer credits for all 10 episodes of World Beyond Season 1, plus tonight's episode and later for episode 10 for the series finale, writers credits at least. Um, I'm pretty sure he's executive producer for all of it because he is showrunner. Um, he was on The Talking Dead in 2017 after Say Yes, Season 7, Episode 12 of Walking Dead Classic. Lauren S. Iaconelli. There's nothing much known about Lauren's bio or personal details. And she has two director's credits, both for TV shows in 2019, seven cinematographer's credits since 2014 for Ray Donovan, Bones, House of Lies, Shameless, The Key, or it could be The Shy. I don't know if that's about Chicago. If it's Chicago, it's The Shy. Otherwise, it's C-H-I. And Animal Kingdom. She has 28 camera and photography credits back to 1999, including Heroes, True Blood, Glee, Bones, and many more. I'm checking the Toyota commercial to see if we're going back in a minute. Um, not yet, so let me keep talking. Directing tonight's episode is the second work of any kind she's done within the Walking Dead franchise. The first being directing Season 1, Episode 8 the Sky of World Beyond the Sky's Graveyard. She's also scheduled to have directed next week's Season 2, Episode 2, Foothold. Season 2, Episode 9, Death and the Dead. And Season Finale, uh, Episode 10, The Last Night, 
where you will also be working with Matt Negrete again. And there's Elton John in a weird food commercial. Trivia, 11th episode ever for tonight. Um, I, I don't know if we're going back, so let me keep going. Okay, let's see what we can get done in the trivia. First appearance of Indira and Akaja. She's described as an intelligent and artistic leader who will do whatever it takes to protect her family. She's billed also to appear next week. First appearance of the character Brody, played by Lee Spencer, who's a random character slated also for next week. First appearance of Candace Froder in a photograph or hallucination, who's played by Hannah Aline, A-L-L-I-N-E. And last appearance of Amelia Ortiz, hallucination. Um, the title of the episode, Consequence, is a word in Haitian Creole, which means aftermath or consequences. Okay, I could, that's what I thought it might be, is that it was some kind of uh, dialect that was consequences and got messed up. All right, we're back. I'll see you guys at break number two. Okay, it's 10.37, and Joan is already weighed in with six. I'm kind of feeling like a 5.5 coming up. I, I have to say, I haven't thought much of World Beyond, but this particular episode, it's not going to redeem the whole show, but it's better than most. It's It's got some new things and not quite as many stretching things to fit the plot that really don't work. So I'm going 5-5. Five, five. Joan has said 6, and I wonder how long before they figure out they only got one half of the Genius Sisters. I had assumed they knew all along because they knew she was a genius. Surely they knew she had a sister. I, I don't know. This whole thing seems a little peculiar. Let me go ahead on with my notes while we have it. Um... As of this episode, Joe Holt, Leopold Bennett, Natalie Gold, Lila Belshaw, Jelani Aladdin, Will Campbell, and Ted Sutherland Percy have been added to the opening credits. Robert Palmer Watkins, Lieutenant Frank Newton, is upgraded from co-stars to also starring in this episode. Daniel Baldock as Romano is a co-star. He was a resident of the campus colony until being transferred to a research facility in New York as the co-head of Leo Bennett's security detail, along with Will Campbell. Wes Jetton as Robin, who's male. Random survivor slated to also appear next week, but they haven't described who he is, so I assume he's a plot point. Jesse O'Neill as Officer Galbraith. She appears in a flashback, but it's her first time on the show, so I'm not sure what that's about. Uncredited, Christina Brucato as Amelia Ortiz, archive footage that's Elton's mom. Samantha Lorraine as Young Hope Bennett, archive footage. Jason Gupton as CRM Soldier, first appearance. While this character was not credited in the end credits for Consecons, he was credited as CRM Soldier on the AMC Press Center website. This character is played by a stunt actor who has performed numerous stunts throughout season one and serves as a stunt double for Nicholas Cantu, who plays uh, Elton Ortiz. Uh, Deaths will obviously be announced later. And we're in a Kit Kat commercial, so let's keep going. Uh, World Beyond, last time, trivia and notes. Uh, episode, season one, episode 10. Uh, trivia, that was the 10th episode ever of World Beyond. This episode will mark the halfway point in the 20-episode run of The Walking Dead World Beyond. Last appearance of K 
Carrie Bennett. Last appearance of the Campus Colony in a flashback. Also, Carrie in a flashback. This episode was aired alongside The Deepest Cut. They had season uh, season one, episode nine and ten together last time that this was on. Uh, it's revealed that the distress letter sent to Hope by Leo and Brave was actually from Huck in order to get Hope to leave the campus colony. It's also revealed that Huck is unaware of the massacre of the campus colony. Percy reveals that Huck has shot both him and Tony, exonerating Silas. This is the first episode this season where a newly named character is not introduced, whether that be seen or mentioned. Zach Ball, a recurring savior extra from the main show, makes an appearance at the end of the episode as one of the survivors in Will's group. We're still in commercial. This episode is tied with The Deepest Cut as the least viewed episode in the entire Walking Dead franchise. Ouch. And one of only six to get fewer than one million viewers, the other being Mad Men Across the Water, Shadow Puppets, Truth or Dare, and The Sky is a Graveyard. It's also the least viewed season finale in the franchise. The audience is not real happy with World Beyond, and I don't know that I blame them. All right, uh, we're back now. So I'll see you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 1049, and one, two. Okay, so this is break number four. Joan's staying at six. I'm willing to go to 575. Let me read the other comments. Joan had mentioned at the end of last season, her father only remembered seeing the one girl working at the computer. He didn't see the other one come up and help her solve whatever the problem was. Until she did, the first sister was puzzled. So he only told the CRM about Hope. He wasn't aware that Iris was probably more valuable or the two together, if nothing else. And (laughs) the audience is not happy with World Beyond, but they like fear. I don't think I said that. It was more that the audience hasn't been happy with World Beyond and I was saying something nice about it for once, which I haven't really done since it started almost. Um, and Joe was right about what Hope truly wants, yes. And I had forgotten that her father said all that stuff. And Joan's at six, I'm at five, seven, five. Let's go to the trivia on the notes and see what we can knock out here. Um, notes from last time was the 10th episode ever, ever of World Beyond. Uh, It marks the halfway point. I did some of the characters. Uh, Let me see. I got as far as Zach Ball, and then I didn't do the rest. This episode is tied with the deepest cut. Oh, yeah, I did say that. Yeah, it was like the least watched one, and I was actually like cringe. I felt bad for him. Uh, Co-stars Samantha Lorraine as Young Hope Bennett, Malia Monet Kellum as Young Iris Bennett, and Jairus Donovan as Adoption Agent. Uncredited is Ron Blake as an injured pedestrian, and Zach Ball as Will's group survivor deaths one rabbit poor poor benny featured music from last episode and this is where i mentioned earlier that i didn't realize somebody was tracking music for these guys um silas sacrifices himself for elton and percy and felix and iris let huck take hope on a mission as her asset and during that is the music all we are by the band punch and I have the names of the episodes for the rest of the season. Real quick, um, next week is Foothold, then Exit Wounds, 
family is a four-letter word. Quartervoy, or it could be Quartervoy. I'm not sure. It looks French, but I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Q-U-A-T-E-R-V-O-I-S. Uh, who are you? Blood Lies, Returning Point, Death and the Dead, and The Last Light, which is the series finale, and that will be on December 5th. All right. Upcoming NDB Media shows I want to mention while we're here. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays at 10 p.m. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Uh, Fandom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the elegant entertainment of Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they discuss another night of TV. Uh, Wednesday, October 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time is A.J. Holmes, Talented with a Potty Mouth. I'm not sure what is up with this show. They didn't have a large description, but it says, A.J. Holmes is a multi-talented entertainer who keeps his audience laughing throughout his one-man show. He swings back and forth from offending some while they still laugh with him to original music and songs, playing at the Soho Playhouse until October 16th. I'm not even sure where that is. They didn't say. Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show is not on this week. But at some point, we will be doing an interview with Roger Noriega, probably concurrently on StreamYard and on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we, will guys, we will let you guys know when that's going to happen. Uh, in the meantime, our next show is Wednesday the 13th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Topic is TBA. Travel Itch Radio, Thursday the 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Over more than 40 years, San Francisco's Aquarium of the Bay has built a reputation as not just an attraction but an institution that raises awareness about threats to the planet from climate change to the struggle for sustainability. Hear all about the aquarium and what it is doing when President and CEO George Jacobs joins Travelage Radio when Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugently ask him about the one-of-a-kind Pier 39 attraction soon to become the Bay Ecotarium and its outreach, educational outreach program. All right, we are now back, and I'll see you guys at break number six. Okay, break number six. I'm going to go up to a six. Jones at 625, which I'm amused by because I never thought I'd see her do that. Um yeah, we should have one more segment because you said Talking Dead wasn't until 11.15. And we're trying to figure out what happened to Elton. And Joan, Joan and I have kind of lost the path with that one. She says, I know they took Silas, but I thought it was to allow the others to escape. It was. I just don't remember where Elton went. may have to go back and see if I can look it up. Yeah, I probably would do that. Um, Talking Dead is 11.14, and it's just 11. So there's got to be one more chunk after this commercial. Going on. Okay, let me go back to my notes and see what else I got to say. Oh, we've done travel at Radio, everything but the outro. So we are actually, pardon my hiccups, I'm so sorry. We're actually now caught up. So that's good. I wasn't really sure I was going to get through all that. Woof. There was so much to tell you guys. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, thank you for joining us. I have one more segment to go, I'm pretty sure. And Jonah says, don't worry, fear is coming. I'm sure my scores will be lower then. Oh, God, I hope not. I I have to say, I don't like the nuclear stuff because I'm a bit of a genre purist. But to be fair, 
I imagined over enough time that someone was going to screw around with the nukes. So I suppose it's valid to bring that in. I just I just don't like it because I want the genre to be about walkers. I'm trying to figure out why. Oh, there's Liberty Mutual. I was trying to figure out why there were people with white or gray dreads. Oh, there's Talking Dead. Uh, I have Chris muted, but um, they have uh, people from the shows, different shows on there. <laughs> and Chris is kind of giving us a sneak peek of what's coming up in 15 minutes. <coughs> and there's the Elton John. All right, so... Okay, Joan. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to get yawn at you guys. I'm up an hour later than what I usually am with these things. <laughs> of course, that may mean I can run upstairs and maybe see some of the Talking Dead tonight. I've had trouble with AMC Plus app working on my little monitors in my room. So when I go upstairs, sometimes I can't get it to play the Talking Dead, and I miss things. I have to go watch it after the fact. I don't like that. And I do not want to stay on any longer. I actually can't extend the show that long. It will not let me go past 150 minutes, which is maxing it out. It's uh, just barely enough time to do a little something and then do two episodes and have a little leeway in there. All right. I'm just waiting for the what I think is a McDonald's commercial, something. Yeah, McDonald's commercial with breakfast. Just waiting for that to be over and they'll let us go back. But we still have... Begging your pardon, we still have another commercial. Oh. Uh, is this is oh, 40,000 veterans struggle with homelessness? Yes, and I wish we could do something about that. Alrighty. Alright, Joan. Um, not really sure what else we can talk about for the next couple of minutes. Kind of just waiting for the commercials to be over. And I greatly, you know what? I'm going to actually say the outro now because I think once we're done, we're going to jump right in to Talking Dead. So while I have your attention, I want to thank not only everybody joining us tonight, but also those of you who may be listening later on via podcast, iTunes, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. And we hope that you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. It'll be another Walking Dead classic slash World Beyond. And then after that, until December 5th, it'll be Fear slash World Beyond. Um, so please watch our Facebook page for next week's show times and episode links. And, oh, interesting. Because we have a Fear trailer going on. There's some weird crap coming. I hope it's good weird crap. They've had a little trouble. Uh, okay, we are back. I will go dark, and I'll see you guys at the end. Okay, guys. It is 11.14, and it's time for Talking Dead, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, Joan is trying to look up and see what became of Elton as of last episode of season one. And then she said, well, at least one sister figured it out. Okay. I wasn't sure if the CRM guy was somebody we were supposed to recognize, but, um, 
I'm ending on a 6-5, and Jonah's ending on a 6-5, and supposedly she just killed one of the random CRM guys out in the woods. And agreed. Okay, so thank you for everything, Joan. Thank you guys for joining us. I very much appreciate you sticking it out to the end, especially with World Beyond, who really has disappointed me a lot. But this episode, strangely, has been one of the best ones they've done because it doesn't do most of the stupid shit they did previously. I guess maybe they learned a lesson after people giving them feedback from last season. So at any rate, let's go ahead and wrap that up here for now. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next weekend. Take care, good night, and thanks for, thanks for being here. I appreciate it.